Welcome to Composers with Drinks. Listening to music. My name is Gene Pritzker. And I'm Seth Bostead. Join us each month as we discuss a featured alcohol, listen to music centered around a theme, <laughs> and talk about the sound we hear as the alcohol loosens our inhibitions. Oh, these guys didn't have a script. <laughs> they Let's don't have again. the script. Well, you know, not only do I have the script, but I have Gene pointing at the words he wants me to say, <laughs> which is just like, what am I? The bouncing ball. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he don't read so good. Take <laughs> two. No, no, that was a perfect take. That was Everybody a perfect could take. kiss my ass. Listen. You guys were like in church. You're like, when you don't know the words to the hymn, you know? Probably. Okay, so this show, this is show number 10, and the theme of the show is. <laughs> I'm funny. For those of you who are not able to see us, Gene's pointing to the word places. I finally got Seth in a place where he could I could point to things. <laughs> and in this tenth episode, uh, with composed with drinks. Ten. Ten. Number ten. Is we're we're legal to have sex. Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> I just asso- I disassociate myself from that comment and any comments that made you that you might have thought of when you heard that comment. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Sorry. I. Uh, oh. Um, okay, let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's okay, they haven't said anything so interesting. The so microphone was not on in case you were wondering. <laughs> this is not going to be in the show. I'm gonna, okay. Now, now I'm going to edit. This one off. Hey, Bye. there's multiple microphones. This is a complicated setup, and we're drinking. We're drinking. Okay, so, Places, the 10th episode of Compose with Drinks. Listen to the music, and... Uh, so we're going to listen to music uh, well, about, uh, you know, cities and countries and street names and, and anything that compose. I, I actually, I'm going to read whatever. Composers throughout history have, have been inspired by a geography and locations that are dear to their hearts. Yeah. I like that? I, I like, like that shit. I like it. And, well, uh, in my case with Kurt Vile, like, he got the hell out of the place that uh, it's uh, about. But anyway, yeah. Well, they were inspired in some way, <laughs> either, either, either positively or negatively. And... Um, so uh, you know, as with each episode, we have a featured alcohol, and our this uh, today's host. He's he's our host because we're in Robert Ford's. We're coming to you from Robert Ford's apartment, and he's here and uh, in his apartment. Oddly enough, we didn't come here without him, <laughs> and he chose the alcohol for us. And what is it, Robert? Say hi and tell us about it. So uh, Wall Street poet here, the proud sponsor of uh, this this month's. Uh, Spirit. So when I think of places, the first thing that immediately comes to mind is Moscow Mule or Cuba Libre. But I'm thinking we're sophisticated composers and poets. We we can't be sitting around drinking rum and cokes, or or maybe we can. I have. Um, I've been known to. <laughs> so uh, this month, the spirit I decided that was worthy of our attention, especially since it's our 10th anniversary, right. is cognac. Cognac. So. I spoiled you guys, although cigars are not included. No, I feel terrible because I don't really know a lot about cognac. So what is cognac? So cognac, it's a brandy, and it's made from white grapes, and they come from a region just outside of cognac, France. A place. It's a place. Cognac. Gotcha. So it's a wine? 
is white grates, um, <laughs> but it also must adhere to uh, several strict rules, including it must be distilled. The uh, wine must be distilled twice in copper vats, and it must be aged in oak barrels a minimum of two years. Uh, the cognac we'll drink tonight, Remy Martin, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, is a VSOP. So the VSOP stands for a very superior old pale, meaning the youngest brandy was actually stored for a minimum of four years. Wow. So right. in, in the style of James Bond, in Shaking that stir. We're going to do a toast. Cheers. Cheers. Boom. And as we're toasting. To France. You, now, you might have heard. Viva la France. Mm, many a clicks on Whoa. that toast because, Damn. besides Robert Ford, since it is our 10th show and, uh, you know, we're now old enough to smoke crack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I disassociate myself from that comment. <laughs> we have two other guests on the show. Uh, one of the guests is our good friend, composer, singer, Charles Coleman, a.k.a. Dust Crooner. Say hi, Charles. Greetings uh, and salutations, everyone. You fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Simple request. <laughs> you had one job to say hello. Okay, we're going to be we're gonna be talking my, to Charles. My voice is so big, that's where my brains should be. That's why I... Unlike other things. Unlike other things. <laughs> oh, yeah. And from the peanut gallery over there commenting, which you'll hear a lot as he gets drunker, Guitarist and our good friend Sean Satin. Woo Say hello, hello. Sean. Woo. Hello, pleasure to be here. See, you see how well he said that, uh, Charles? Yeah, I'm allowed. My whole show, I'm blabbling. <laughs> so, <laughs> you so are there, blabbling. So there is five people here in this right. room. Uh, so we will, uh, you know, we're going to play a bunch of music about places. And we, uh, I brought a bunch of music. Seth brought a bunch of music. Charles brought a piece of his. We'll hear. And Sean... Uh, did a, a special recording, uh, a guitar recording, just for the show, which we're going to play. And of course, Robert Ford, as always, is going to... Is it premiere a poem? or, or It's the... a premiere of a new poem about uh, the New York City subway. Great. So everything's about... Take it today. You take a subway? Yep. 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 I took a beat. I often do. <laughs> oh, well, there are I, haven't taken a, I haven't taken there a subway in like, uh, I don't know... All right, so Seth, I think last time we started with we usually start with my piece or Seth's piece because we're the hosts and you know fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so Seth, let's start with your piece today. Tell us about it and anything. You, it's something in Spanish, I see. Uh, it's in Catalan, not to oh. not to correct you, but <laughs> oh, you got to get a list going. Get the list. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's the uh, the Casa Mas de Miquel is a uh, building in Barcelona, and my company, Access Contemporary Music, we've worked with. Open House New York and Open House Chicago, and one year we worked with Open House Barcelona. Mm. So we commissioned composers to uh, write music inspired by different buildings. And Barcelona, well, Gene, you were part of this in Milwaukee. You did I did the, the Milwaukee. You did Milwaukee Ballet. Not, 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 not as fancy as Barcelona. Thanks, and, uh, uh, <laughs> I get Barcelona, you get Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get Milwaukee. Yeah. You know, next year you get uh, another place. Anyway, okay. uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say what I was going to say. So, <laughs> even for composers. You should have said it. No, can't be done. Oh. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so uh, this building was designed by a disciple of uh, Gaudi, the famous oh, architect. Yeah. And it's got these insane Gaudi windows, but also this kind of classicist style. So when I saw it, I was like, okay, this is my project. I'm choosing that one for me before it even, you know, no one else is going to see this right. building as an option. <laughs> great, great, great. And I wrote it for violin and cello. We played it in the building. There was a line around the corner because the, 
the building was a hotel and they converted it to private residences. So it hadn't been open to the public in decades. Mm. So people were dying to get in and, and check yeah. it out. It was beautiful. It had all these tiers, these balconies. go up 10, 15 floors with a couple of, at the top and the crazy gouty windows at the bottom. Um, so the violin and cellist were in there. We played it eight times wow. throughout the day, each time for about 120 people. Did it get and better and better? It did. Yeah, right. <laughs> this this is that. obviously a recording of Towards the End of the Day. The last before. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then we went out for tapas and had a great time. It was nice. a, a great night, and Barcelona is a great, uh, great place. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Uh, let's hear this piece by Seth B. Uh, something Casa Massa. Casa Mas de Miquel. There you go. I can't pronounce stuff. Here you go. Check it. Check it out.
That's our clapping, mingling with the clapping. <laughs> exactly, we love it. In the building. Clapping in there. Says both said's uh, duet. Casa uh, Mas de Miquel. I wanted to actually, uh, you just said like, because Gene did this piece for um, when we worked in Milwaukee, in the Milwaukee mm -hmm. Ballet, and he said uh, what we just heard was better recorded, mm -hmm. and, and, the, and the, the people were quieter, and that, I just want to like, I don't want to disparage Americans, I would never do that, <laughs> I would never do ever do, do that, <laughs> but when we've worked in open house projects in Milwaukee, uh, Chicago, New York, whatever, like the people who are walking around have very little respect for the music actually, in America. it's amazing, it, it, one time in Milwaukee, I don't, I don't want to dig on Milwaukee, but um, there was a woman, a Finnish composer, had written a piece that was really beautiful but very spare with a lot of silences in it, and this couple, this woman stands there just bitching about Disneyland, how it didn't live up to her expectations. <laughs> and I'm standing there like, are you fucking kidding me? There's a violinist and cellist right here, right, right here in this right, building. There is never a violinist and cellist in this building. Yeah, yeah. Never, ever, ever. There may never be again. Are you fucking kidding me? You know, she's like, it's just not what we thought. It was bullshit. I fucking hated it. Disneyland sucks. You know, I'm like, oh my God. In Barcelona, on the other hand, they, you could hear a pin drop in there. And then they would come up to me, uh, I have just enough Spanish to say like, gracias, and this one woman says, no, it, it's her gift, you know? <laughs> like yeah, you gave yeah, us, you know, the you. artist is the one. You know, we're always, in America, we're always thanking people to come for coming to our concerts. Right. <laughs> who, who were the musicians in that? So Monica Mari was the cellist, and Frances Guzman was the violinist. Cool. They're in a group called, um, oh well, I mean, it's been a few years. I used to go to Barcelona every year. They're in a, they were in a group called uh, Meta, uh, Ensemble Morphosis. Mm -hmm. And I used to go to this festival in Fleish, this town about three hours south of Barcelona by train. The castle, and they would do contemporary music in the castle. It was really cool. Right. And uh, Morphosis was always the ensemble. But maybe we'll do something with Concord. Yeah, I mean, that'd with, be uh, great. Yeah, yeah. Castles, I mean, yeah. To me, this is very dark and foreboding, and, and visually, I, I'm thinking of this sinister house, like all by itself on the Alps. You know, you're you're afraid to approach it. <laughs> but the building only you, he, you know Gaudi, right? I mean, it I, is I know Gaudi. Bit, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But only uh, he, only he who takes risks. Enjo truly enjoys the taste of cognac. The poet right. speaketh! So, <laughs> I dare to enter the door of your castle. Thanks, man. You know, I will enter the door of the castle, I will not stay the night there. Because that shit, that shit freaks <laughs> me out. I'm not staying in your haunted house. Uh, is that a euphemism? <laughs> no, it is not. I'm afraid of haunted houses. <laughs> and M. Night Shyamalan movies. This 10th uh, this oh. anniversary show so bad. Is, is, anyway. is getting out to a really good start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, Boom. we're 10 now, we can shave our pubes. This is really great. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you have, I, I was still on the no shirts team in basketball in high school, like when I was 15, with no underarm hair. I was like, what the fuck, man? When is this shit gonna grow? <laughs> I don't remember. I I I'm pretty yeah. sure I was born with a full beard. Which is weird enough that we're doing shirts and no shirts when you yeah. think about it in like junior high or whatever. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, that was that really was, weird. Was Why really were we weird. doing that? That was really weird. Did the coach like it? Anyway, go on. The coach I, did like it. It was a little different back in the 70s. And Charles Sullivan was the coach. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh. I won't even go into my virginal armpits. Let's uh, okay. move on. Yeah. We are way off topic, but there is no topic. virginal armpits. That's a new piece for didgeridoo. Maybe an opera? An opera. Virginal armpits. Charles? Talking about opera. Good segue, Sean. Robert's the poor bastard who'll have to write the libretto. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus, okay, how do I work but with this? Sean, Sean just did a good segue for me because the pieces, I, br I brought in two pieces, and one of them is from my opera called Manhattan and Charcoal. Mm. Thank you, Sean, for the segue. I knew I was We don't have any sound effects tonight, but... I'm going to put something later. Oh, sorry. Just a great mind then. So, uh, uh, I got two pieces because they're each about five minutes. 
So one is called, uh, it's an opera called Manhattan and Charcoal, where I work with a poet. Uh, his name is Jacob Miller, and actually uh, he wrote a poem called Manhattan and Charcoal, and he, I dared him to turn it into a libretto, and he did. And uh, I wrote the opera, and we recorded it. Charles Coleman was the lead role. He sang it, so you're going to hear Charles singing it. Thank you. And then the second piece I'm going to play is called uh, Moscow uh, from my uh, Russian Evening Suite. So I wrote this uh, suite for uh, violinist Laura St. John and pianist Matt Hershkowitz. Uh, and uh, there's each uh, movement is three movements, and each has something to do with the evening. But one of the movements is called Moscow Evening. And it's based on a very famous... Russian melody called Moscow Evening, which we all know. Everybody, I'm dark eyes. I'm up another Sorry. Well, when you hear the shower every day, I'm trying to spend more time in South Brooklyn. I really am. Anyway, it's a very famous melody. If when in movies or whatever, when they say Russia, that they play this melody. So I did a variation in it, and Laura recorded it on her album called Shiksa. Shiksa, for those of you who don't know, it's a Jewish word for people who are not Jewish. Only women, right? Yeah, 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 yeah like women, non-Jewish women. They're shiksa. So Lara, who's a uh, really loves, she's not Jewish, but she really loves the Jewish culture, and she likes to call herself a shiksa, but she's really more Jewish than me. <laughs> in reality. And uh, she recorded this album, which was, uh, Lara St. John is quite a known violinist, and she recorded this, and it was played everywhere. Uh, and uh, it's a really beautiful recording with my friend Matt Hershkowitz, who's one of the greatest pianists. Most of my here, here. piano concertos are written for him. So, two pieces. First one is an aria from Manhattan and Charcoal, and the aria is called Celebrated Manhattan and Charcoal, with uh, poetry by Jacob Miller, sung by Lynn Norris, soprano, and Charles Coleman, baritone. And they are basically the two main, ca they're the two characters in the whole opera. The opera has two characters, yeah. and it's a chamber ensemble. Them. There's also a chorus in the opera later on who play the art critics. Oh, yeah, but uh, the, uh, for this aria celebrated Manhattan Charcoal, just Lynn and Charles. And after that, we'll hear Moscow from Russian Evening Suite with Laura St. John on the violin, Matt Hershkowitz on piano. I hope you enjoy. Here it is. The city that never 
She once asked me to explain How I see things the way I do What could I say? Of course there's no big advantage to the hyper-focused lens But I would not change a thing on that score Only thing I would change would be To learn how to talk with her Without the throat clenched right
guts. Quick. Your guts. John's a dick in Russia. <laughs> that was Lara St. John and Matt Hershkowitz rocking my Moscow evening stuff. They were rocking it. Moscow Revelations. Uh, very famous Russian song. Nobody knows. Uh, and then uh, before that, celebrating Manhattan Charcoal with Charles Coleman getting drunk yeah. and Lynn Norris turned 10 years old. We're now old yeah. enough to shoot people in the head. This is great. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. what? <laughs> in Wisconsin, we are. <laughs> Cops thank us anyway. Yeah, exactly. Listen, so we're you know we we've been listening to music. We we listen as Seth has told you in the past, real time. We're not just doing our little talking and then like putting in the music and. We don't like, phone this in. We're actually I'm listening to the music. would even yeah. think we ever would phone. But there are in. people in the podcast world who just like put in the thing and then they hear it. We're hearing That's it. Disgusting. We're disgusting people. I hate you. Oh. I love you. I'm sick. I'm ten years old now. I'm sick. I can't drink anymore. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't. I can't. Okay, this is the part of the show where I'm going to take off my pants. Wait, no, that's not the part of the show. <laughs> You're wearing shorts. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, well, what, Seth, so we have three places. I, I haven't really thought this out. There's three places we could go. We could go to Charles, we could go to Sean, we could go to Robert. Which one do you want? Well, we just heard Charles singing. Let's go to Charles. All right. You want to go to Charles? Yeah. yeah, yeah then yeah. you have to hear his music. Oh, God. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> we love Charles' music. We love Charles. We love Charles' music. Oh, he's a Come jolly good fellow. Oh, he's a jolly good fellow. Oh, he's a jolly good fellow. Nobody can deny. Charles, tell us about your piece. Yeah. Self-esteem assured. So, well, similar to the... The New York vein uh, of uh, jeans of Manhattan and charcoal. Uh, my piece, uh, Streetscape, I wrote almost 20 years ago. When he it, was 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old joke. Of course I'm not 50 now. Uh, no. Well, you're reverse age. on his forehead. Right. No, I'm causing reverse age. Yeah. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Go fuck yourself. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Again? Again. Three times today. You know. So tell us about it. Tell us okay, about okay. It. I stay on track. Uh, so <laughs> about 20 years ago, um, our my good friend uh, Pavel Yervi, who is the brother of our good friend Christian Yervi, um, was about to take over the Cincinnati Symphony, and he asked me if I can write a piece for his opening night. He said uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> and, uh, How dare you, sir? I will commission you. me, will you? <laughs> so I, uh, actually, no, he won, his pitch to uh, commissioning me um, when he asked me to write a piece, he asked me, I want a 20-minute piece that doesn't suck. That was his pitch. 20-minute piece? That's hard. Yeah. Every, every minute can't yeah. suck? Like all, or, or in the in the aggregate? Pretty much every minute. <laughs> oh, no. Did you pick the that don't suck? Yeah. <laughs> That's hard, yeah. So I wanted to write uh, a... Like, hard. So with, uh, similar to the vein of Jean's Mahan Charcoal, I wanted to myself write a piece related to the city that I grew up in called uh, Streetscape. And uh, uh, the ironic thing was that uh, the premiere performance uh, happened on September 14th, 2001. Wait, just, a few, wait, wait, wait. just a few days after a certain famous incident of America's history came which about. We're sitting very close to. We're, which we're sitting very close to. So anyway, but... Subsequently, uh, we had a great premiere performance despite the week, and he did it a number of times later with Cincinnati and a few other places. So Pavo um, had performed it a number of times, 
uh, with Cincinnati Symphony, and one of these performances was recorded by the local radio station, WGUC. And, uh, what about WKRP in Cincinnati? And about 10 years ago, um, Cincinnati Symphony decided to form their own record label because they had left Telark. Telark had just went defunct, and, uh, and they decided to form their own record label, and this piece became one of a few pieces in their first album right. of their record label called CSO Media. Nice. And so the, one of the performances they did of Streetscape with Pavo Yervi in Cincinnati came out on this recording that you're about to hear. This is the last six minutes of a 20-minute piece called Streetscape. Streetscape by Charles Coleman, 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 Coleman.
job, Charles. That was great. That was a great piece. We're 10 years old. We're allowed money shot. You know how many American composers would kill to have an orchestra play their piece like that? Great job, man. Pretty great, great, great yeah. performance. I, I looked Even out. non-American. I, I admit it. Yeah. No, Papa was incredible. Well, especially American, because American orchestras don't play a lot of contemporary music. They, they really uh, don't. It yeah. depends on the orchestra. It depends on the orchestra. I mean, mo most of my orchestra performances are in Europe. Yeah. I only had, like, They're Brooklyn, much more open Brooklyn to the composers. Yeah, the New York Phil is, like, a museum, you know, certain... Mostly. Yeah, They're one of the better ones, in my humble are they? opinion. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how Charles has an opinion on this, but... Uh, which one? <laughs> he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> he wasn't. I was overwhelmed by what I just heard. Of the major, of the major Of the major, the big, big, you know, the top fifteen in the country. Oh, New York Phil is one of the better ones in terms of, and LA Phil in terms of uh, contemporary music. Yes, know, more man. so LA, more so LA, and maybe San Francisco as well. Agreed. We're gonna now move to the part of the show. Where? Where Sean a shows off his pubic hair. Pubic Wait, hair. hold on. My pubic hair is shown. But I went for a Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the music I'm playing is from Venezuela. Okay, Robert Ford wrote a brand new poem, or I don't know, is it new? It is a world premiere. World premiere. It is new, yes. And it's, it's about New York, so our show, the theme, if you haven't heard, it's places. The places. alcohol is cognac, which is a place in France. Uh, uh, I think it's France. Uh, it's France. Uh, Charles France is here, and, and he, he, France his forehead is a place I, I like to hang out on. <laughs> Shut up about my France Hockle is Belgium. <laughs> anyway, I won't go there. So here is Robert's poem called... The title of my poem is Footprints of Steel. Oh, wait. Footprints of Steel? I already know this poem. I know this poem. So I, I said this. I said this poem to music already, and we're going to premiere this poem on oh, October... October 3rd. October 3rd at Marcus Tabby's house at a composed concordance concert called Fortune Favors the Rave. Rave. The Rave. The Rave. Yes, and the Rave. The Rave. rave. The rave. And I, I said the poem for narrator and, and DJ. Narrator and DJ, and Robert and I will premiere it there for real. But right now, you're going to hear the fucking poem. Ooh. So shut the fuck up and listen, people. So it's a little taste. So Footprints of Steel is an homage to the New York City subway. Which until recently we all rode daily, but maybe maybe never took a moment to appreciate. Mm -hmm. Footprints of steel. One, two, three. A C E. Doors opening. Doors closing. People ebbing. People flowing. Hello. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello. The corporate slave. Routine. The enemy. The tourists, Matt's a best friend. The homeless, vodka, a therapy. Everyone deserves Academy Awards for the roles they play. Flashback, Subway Series, Three Nickel Fair, Duke of Flatbush, Jackie Steele's Home, Larson Perfect, Yogi MVP. Tip jar hats, the best jazz is below. Days and crash, graffiti once criminalized, now MoMA shows. I admire her, she smiles back. We are both thinking the same thing, but exit the station, strangers. If only I were a dog, I would sniff her buttocks. Prudence, the curse of humanity. Woo! 
Would you say herbetics or herbetics whole? Just out of mild curiosity. According to yeah, Because yeah. I've looked at dogs, According I see what they do, and yeah. I see what they, they do. They get up in there. They, 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 okay, so we are going to premiere. Uh, so I did a DJ thing where basically everything he says, I do like a DJ thing that there's like Academy Awards, people applaud. Ah, this jazz, so and awesome. all of a sudden you hear swing. Yeah. So there's all, a bunch of stuff, everything to him, and I'm doing it live as a DJ. And we're gonna do it together. We're gonna rehearse it. We're gonna play it. People are gonna love it. That's good. And I look forward to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so thank you. That, that, actually, that, that was very powerful. Just read because so far I made a I made a mock-up, a mini mock-up of the whole thing, with with like a robot voice. <laughs> but Not I like the way you wrote it. Homeless people. Turbo dog. The horrible. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully it's hope. it's fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to move. So Sean, my friend Sean, who I've known for seventy nine years. Seventy eight. Seventy eight years. We're very old. <laughs> so Antonio Lauro is an interesting composer. Um, he has these. Uh, he's a Venezuelan composer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he's a twentieth century Venezuelan composer. He is. Who is yeah. influenced yeah. by 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 the waltzes. Uh, there's this Venezuelan music that's really beautiful. Right. But I think nineteenth century. Yeah. So what he did, he he's kind of like similar to a Villalobos or a mm -hmm. Barrios, in that in his country of Venezuela, he's right. kind of a national hero, where he would. <laughs> and he loved Lewis, man. He loved, he loved minor thirds. Oh third. my god. He loved the 12 bar blues. Oh like, god. That was a phone that just went off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he's one of those. Uh, so as a guitar player, you have these uh, pivotal characters that um, you have in Brazil, Argentina. Right. Uh, you know, like Fio Lobos, a classical composer, but would like in, include indigenous rhythms and right. folk songs. Uh, Barrios from Paraguay was very similar with that. Uh, this classical kind of uh, thing going on, but then would always like uh, bring in like uh, traditional folk songs and right. rhythms. And then Laro is a national hero for doing that. And uh, I don't know who it's, att it's attributed to, but what I, I do this from. Uh, no, no, wait, I didn't finish. Sorry. Mm. Uh, you're drunk and you're presumptuous. It <laughs> 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 said. Uh, and, I, and I'm thinking it's Illyrio Diaz, who was like sort of like had that Segovia Ponce. Uh, sort I'm of, sorry, you're drunk and you're presumptuous. Anyway, go I mean, it's great. It's great. Gene to a T. No, yes, yes, sorry, but that's but like. But anyway, uh, it says in the edition that I play from, it says that the uh, in the in the prelude where they write about it, it says that he is the Gershwin of Venezuela. And I think it's kind of like Gershwin. He used jazz influence and then the classical. And so he's uh, kind of known for that. But also, uh, uh, looking up a little bit, I've been playing his music for years as a uh, guitar student, but he was, he spent some time in jail. Uh, <laughs> Not Yale, jail. Jail, which is cooler. Sean said Yale. Which you probably <laughs> learn more in jail than Yale. Uh, because there was a dictatorship that was going on in his country, and he had protested, and then he was uh, locked up for a couple of months for being a protester because he believed in democracy. And I think uh, not only is this a show about places, but also we're going through what we are at the moment. And I think fighting a dictatorship is important. But apparently he wrote a very important sonata for Illyrio Diaz at the time okay. while being locked up. So that's all I have to say. Well, uh, just I, I, I quickly Googled. So uh, he was really influenced by the Waltzes, uh, uh, Colonial Parlo Waltzes. Created in the previous century, 
by accomplished national composers such as Ramon Delgado Plastillos, who died in 1902. And I was actually, I, I googled him and I listened to his music. And, and this is from, uh, so this is 19th century music. And, and, and Lauro really loved that music, but he wanted to update it. And he wrote his waltzes in the 20th century. Uh, and uh, actually, it's interesting because the Wikipedia entry compares them a little bit to Bartok and Stravinsky, who took their, uh, you know, they took folk songs from their Hungary and Russia, from their nations, right. and, update, and, and were inspired by their music. And uh, Laro did the same thing, right. but create, and created his own voice, inspired by this thing. And the thing is, me being a classic guitarist, I know his name, and he's not such a famous, I don't know, yeah, Seth even knows who he is as yeah, a yeah. composer. Yeah. But he is in, in a guitar world, yeah. he's yeah, one of the he's big. He's main... Like there with a barrio exactly, he's one of the big composers. And he kind of functioned almost as an ethnomusicologist. Exactly, like a Bartok yeah. And those but, but, but he's like a Bartok. Yeah. But, but he's from Venezuela, and exactly. not so many people know mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Like, we, Seth knows Bartok, but Seth is a composer, not being a guitarist, but not know Lauro. Yeah. So this music is actually very, very great, and very, uh, I've known it all my life. And Sean yeah. plays it very well. Yeah, I played a bunch of them, I just recorded the first two. So, Sean, how many, how many waltzes are there, do you know? Well, or there's, he, he wrote dozens of the, them. But the, 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 the two first two I'm playing are the, from a set that are the most famous. The most famous, yeah. And I just played the first two, and then there's another couple which I didn't record. But so this is Antonio Lauro from Venezuela, performed by Sean Satin, waltz number one and two. I hope you people enjoy, and you composers who don't know, now you know. Now you know. Thank you. 
recorded this in, he recorded this in Harlem, but it's the Venezuelan voices yet, uh, not yet, thus. <laughs> thus and so. And hence places. Because our whole thing is about places. And thank you, Sean. The music is universal. Yeah, thank, you, yeah. thank you for drinking with us because I know you don't drink so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to so step sarcastically. Best sarcasm ever. Yeah. I know you don't like humans either. So, I, mean, takes, I don't like it. It kills my mouth. And you hate kiss. Yeah. Sean's a non drinking desert monk. When I normally, drink too much, it but... takes the edge off my meth yeah. We're 10 years old. We can now do meth. Yay! Yay! We're 10 S- shows S- old. Seth is now not objecting <laughs> I know. I'm, fucking, I'm already in trouble. No more disclaimers. He's, he's you know? doing that. That's what happens. You know, in Trump's America, you get paralyzed. You know? in, 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 Gene's, in Gene's podcast, you get paralyzed. You, know? I mean, <laughs> you can't object anywhere. He's going, oh, repeat the lies often enough. And, uh, okay. The truth. This, now we come to the time where a show uh, where er- everybody sings true. Happy Birthday. No, no, that's uh, not it. Right. We come where we start. Seth and I brought some music uh, by, by other, other people. Other people. People don't necessarily know. Or, right, so you guys or like. like. <laughs> <laughs> people who are not drinking with us, people we don't know, we don't know if we like them. Maybe they don't like us. I don't know. Fuck them. It's complicated. It's fairly cool on this show. People basically. are weird. <laughs> do, do, do you, wanna do, you go first with one okay. of your, So here's your three people that uh, you brought. Let's do Tell La Isla Magica by Angelica Negron. Um, okay, so she's alive, right? She, oh yeah, very much. She's not even like forty, I don't think. Yeah, she's young. We all kill it. Good job. <laughs> Good job. I know, right? <laughs> all right. Got a millennial on the show. Now. We got a millennial. So tell us about her. I don't really. I, 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 I think I think I'm her Facebook friend, but I don't really know anything about her. But uh, I think she's a great composer. She's from Puerto Rico. She's been in New York for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the piece, the magical island, is is a, a place, but not a real place because right. there is no magical island. Uh, you know, Sean's pointing to uh, a region in his, in his uh, biology, but we won't go there. Uh, it's not an island. First of all, it's not an island. The piece is for bass and electronics. The electronics oh. are most of the piece, 70% of the piece. Yeah. Um, just so as you know. You know, when you hear the bass, you'll be like, oh yeah, the bass. <laughs> the bass <laughs> I kind of forgot the bass was so part of it. Uh, but it's a great piece. I really like it. La Isla Magica by Angelica Negron.
Vaisa Mahika, Angelica Negron. I think we're breaking a fundamental rule at Composers with Drinks right now because we're eating. I know, you know <laughs> Robert brought snacks. I didn't, I didn't know, know that I mean, was a rule. Well, that was a rule. Okay, so the last couple of shows we did at Kostabi's place, and Kostabi started to become very aggressive about these new rules. One, yeah. you should be drunk before the show starts. Mm -hmm. Two, you should never eat. Three. Never. I mean, like he started laying like down these ball. rules, but, but, and then if you, if you argue, you'd be like, "I'm a multimillionaire artist." I, you, know, <laughs> you, you couldn't argue. You know, he's like, "I know what makes good radio." I had to shoot up before the show. Yeah, just shoot, shoot up. Yeah, shoot up. Yeah, but you always had a lot of popcorn for us, so we were okay. You know, I almost, I, like I almost bought cheddar. <laughs> I almost bought cheddar popcorn on the way over, um, but it was, it was, uh, it was like too expensive for you. Gluten free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but my royalty checks are <laughs> fucked right now. Thank you, COVID. Uh, uh, it was pop. that the skinny pop. Is that good? Yeah, it's right popcorn. there, right by the checkout. So basically, since the word place, I decided, is there a song with the word place? And then I remembered oh, yeah. one of my favorite songs by Sun Ra, called "Space Is the Place." Now, if you don't know who Sun Ra is, oh, yeah. then you're an asshole. Also, you yeah. have to listen to our you're show racist. because we had Sun Ra before. Anyway. Did we? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Did we have Sun Ra? I don't remember. Anybody? Anyway. It's the thing is, yeah. I work with a bunch of people who played with Sun Ra, including my friend Craig Harris, uh, and our friend uh, uh, Robert knows uh, Dick Griffiths, mm -hmm. who's an artist and trombone player, and they all play with Sun Ra. And, you know, I grew up in Sun Ra, and Sun Ra is this very interesting cat who basically had, you know, it's kind of, he had this group of musicians, and they lived together, they ate together, they drank together, they drove together, they did everything together, and they played music together, and they got dressed up, and, 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 and did like these weird shows, but the music is like jazz, but they just looked like out of space, and he was out of space. So, this is a little write-up on Space is the Place. Space is the Place is an album by Sam Ra, and his intergalactic solar orchestra. The music was recorded in early 72 in San Francisco, California, for the film Space is the Place. So he made a movie. If you never saw the movie, you should see it. It's like a 40-minute movie, and it's called Space is the Place. But the title track is, was, became one of his biggest hits. However, the music remained unreleased and until Evidence Music issued it uh, in 1993. Uh, so this is Space is the Place. Uh, it's very catchy. It's very hip. Check it out. I hope you like it. And you should go around and sing this all the time. Because space is the place. Bye. 
Space is the place by Sun Ra and, and his yo, orchestra. And his orchestra. And if you don't know, now you know. So everybody get down and yo, listen to our show. Yo, we have a break. We, we leave it or not, this is the first time this happened on Composed with Drinks. Listen to the music. We have a crasher. We have a crasher, exactly. Because <laughs> this is our 10th year anniversary and we're now able to masturbate. <laughs> with razors. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. She's had enough to drink. I have not had enough to drink. So I have to hand it to you. Ah! Oh, 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 oh. So a, a friend of ours, friend of Robert's, came over. Her name is um, Ali. Her name is not Muhammad. You might think her name is Muhammad, <laughs> but her name is actually Ali. And she's gonna say hello. Say hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. She says. She's a dancer from Mexico, and she's gonna hang out with us and listen to some music. And if she's got something to say, she's gonna say it in Spanish. See, sí. see, sí. you see, that was Spanish. For those of you who might not know, vamos a la Mi amo Eugenio. Okay, so Kings. Look, we played the Spanish music before. Did we? Oh yeah. She missed. Oh, the the lady from what's from Puerto Rico. Uh, uh, so um, I recently was talking to somebody in Chicago and uh, they referred to the United States as the Weimar Republic, which I was thinking, that's kind of a bit harsh, you know, it's right? Up, I mean, man. I know that our political situation is dire. I know we're USA, looking down the barrel at, at, at some crazy yeah. shit. But I remember that Chicago is really close to Kenosha and, you know, it is, it's kind of bleak, you know, like, like Trump supporters like, using guns and shooting people and Sons then, of bitches. you know, becoming right wing heroes and blah, blah, blah. So I thought... Because I'm they're a, American. Because they're American, I know. My freedoms. I won't wear a mask, but I will shoot you. Um, so down. we were doing, you know, we were talking about the show, Places, at that time, and he said Weimar Republic. So I thought, Weimar Republic, a song from the actual Weimar Republic. So this is the last song that Kurt Weill wrote uh, before he left Berlin mm. um, because of all the horribleness that was happening. And uh, so it's called Song of the Blind Girl. It's also called Song of the White Cheese. There was a huckster who uh, would say that if you put white cheese on, no, it's not, it's not cum, Sean. Thank you for the... <laughs> I assume that's what you were referring. But anyway... Probably. Actually, no. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, it just I, sounded ridiculous. It did, it did. And I feel bad. And you're a pervert for you. <laughs> you know what? Though? We are ten. Wait, though, wait, though. Wait, though. It's actually called Song of the White Cheese. I already knew it was ridiculous, so I sent it to Gene as Song of the Blind Girl because that's an alternate title. Yeah, so, thank damn you. Damn it. I knew it. I didn't know how to, like, I'm talk sure about it. I'm so happy you cleared that up. <laughs> All right, let's listen to some music. Did I clear it up? Well, really quickly, so the white cheese was something that a huckster would put on people's eyes because it would heal them of any manner of things. And uh, this was like, you know, pre-Nazi Germany. And that huckster became very, very famous. And so uh, Bertolt Brecht and um, uh, Kurt Weill were uh, very much, you know, uh, looking at that and thinking of, of, of Hitler, who was a huckster, who was saying all these horrible things. So here it is, that song.
cross good and wise Fresh white cheese he plastered on my ailing eyes He praised God and told me, child, oh Lord is kind You have been healed, yet somehow I'm still blind Until my journey's ending False jauntiness of, uh, you know, they're sort of like it's Shostakovich in a way, right? Celebrating right. the regime, so to get by, oh, but, yeah. but critiquing it at the same time. Yeah. It's sort of like it, it's energetic, but it's evil I energetic. Like it. I haven't heard it in a while. Well, that's a good. I'll joke. be leaving now. Kind of a subliminal sarcasm. Exactly. Exactly. So I was lucky enough to orchestrate one of Carvile's operas called Johnny Johnson which was uh, for a small ensemble, but I made it for full orchestra, and I really got into this music, and it was premiered in, in Dessau, where he was born, in Dessau, Germany. Nice, nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So Harry Parch is an yeah. American composer. Here, here. I mean, we, we know Charles Ives, we know, uh, you know... Made his own instruments. We know Ooh. Copeland. <laughs> There's a bunch of American composers that we know. But Harry Parch is not as known, except for the composed circles, people know him. But he, uh, he exactly, he created his own instrument. He created his own... Uh, to, uh, like his own microtonal yeah. system, like 40, 42 notes yeah. to the scale. So mostly wow. there's seven notes to the scale. For the, so he and he was for a while a hobo, and when he was a hobo, he went around uh, on the train and went to different uh, uh, 
places and would write down what people would write on the bathrooms or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. at, like, you know, John was here, you know, whatever. so all this stuff. Your mother's phone number. Exactly. Yeah, Sean's phone number. And, uh, and he made this into a song cycle. So this, this, uh, so I found a song cycle called Barstow, Eight Hitchhiker Inscriptions from a Highway Railing at Barstow, California. So this is where he was in Barstow, California. He was a hitchhiker, and he, it's, uh, he wrote down what's inscribed uh, on this uh, highway railing, and he wrote these songs. And the songs are, uh, I'm going to actually read, compo- I'm going to read a little Wikipedia here, if you don't mind. Composer, theorist, instrumental builder, and performer, Harry Parge stands with Henry Cowell and John Cage among the great experiments, experimenters in American music. Uh, constrained by conventional scales and tuning, Parge devised his own instruments to capture the sound he imagined. Bostow composed in 1941. This is 1941. If you hear this music, this is, this is 41, man. This is really fucking contemporary music. I mean, but it's 41. And revised many times afterwards through 68, ranks among Parch's best-known and most accessible works. A setting for voice and instruments of eight hitchhikers' inscriptions near Boston, California, the work immortalizes the dying world of the American hobo. Its intimate, honest view of Depression-era America provides a foil to the nostalgic Americana of the period. Yeah, I know just enough to know that hobos were, were not bums. They were people that really fetishized the railroads. They traveled across the country on the railroads. And when, the, when that society, when that uh, culture died, many of them were very, very upset about it. You know, it was a way right. of life for them. I mean, so, yeah. Hoboken. Uh, Hoboken. Ah, no, no, that's right. That's right. Though. That's right. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hobo culture was a real, real thing. And Harry Parch was, you know, obviously their most famous, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. Hoboken, uh, remember, the home of Frank Sinatra. Actually, yeah, 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 exactly. He was a Hoboken nigga. No, there's a statue there. Absolutely, at a park. All right, here we go. Here is Harry Parts, Barstow, Eight Hitchhikers Inscriptions from a Highway Railing at Barstow, California, from 1940s. Number one. It's January 26th. I'm freezing. Ed Fitzgerald, age 19. Five feet ten inches, black hair, brown eyes, going home to Boston, Massachusetts. It's four, and I'm hungry and broke. I wish I was dead, but today I am a man. Going home to Boston, uh Massachusetts. It's 4 p.m. And I'm hungry and broke I wish I was dead But today I am a man Oh, I'm going home To Boston Massachusetts Number two Gentlemen Go to 530 East Lemon Avenue Gentlemen Monrovia, California Gentlemen For an easy hand up Gentlemen Go to 530 East Lemon Avenue In Monrovia for an easy handout Gentlemen 
Ventura Street, Brown Las Vegas, Nevada. Brown hair. Object matrimony. Age 19. Brown eyes. Brown hair. Oh, but I'm considered pretty. Here's where I live. Suitable mate. One eighteen is Ventura Street. My description. Las Vegas, Nevada. No description follows, so he evidently got his right. Number five. Possible rights. January sixteenth, fifty-eight. January 
looking for millionaire wife. Good looking, very handsome, etc. Intelligent, you asshole. Good at bull throwing, etc. You lucky women. All you have to do is find me, you lucky women. Name's George. They can get a lift and the best of luck to you. Why in hell did you come anyway? Damn it, anyhow. Here I am stuck in the cold. I've come 2,700 miles from Shy, Illinois. Slept along the highway, slept in open boxcar without top, went hungry for two days raining too. Da 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 da. But they say there's a hell. What the hell? What the hell do they think this is? Do they think about this? Da 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 da. My wife, one half of desert to the east, then back to LA to try once more. Car just passed by. Make that two more, three more. Do not think they'll let me finish my story. Comes a truck, not a fuck, but a truck. Just a truck. Hoping to get the hell out. Here's my name, Johnny Reinwald, 915 South Westlake Avenue, Los Angeles. Do dee dee do dee do dee do dee dee do do dee do dee 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 do dee do dee do. Wishing all who read this, if they can get a lift and the best of luck to you. Da 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 da. Why in hell did you come anyway? Harry Potts, one of yeah, my favorite yeah. American composers, and uh, that piece uh, uh, it's called. If you want to know, Barstow 8 Hitchhiker Inscriptions from Highway Railing in Barstow, California. Barstow, California is a place, and our name of the show is a place. Places. Yeah. And we've turned 10 years old, and you know what that means? 
We can eat Chinese food. Free base. We can eat free base. Chinese food. Free base. Free base. <laughs> Crab Rangoon. <laughs> we have one more piece that Seth brought. I brought it. Woohoo! And he's gonna play for us and talk about it. Talk about it, talk about, talk about it, it, talk, talk about, about it. it. Uh, hey guys, uh, Monkey Town! I have a weird cough. I don't know if we should get to the hospital. Hey man, so, you, you know, Funky Town. But there was that, the, the movie, uh, you know, there was Breakdance, and there was Breakdance 2, Electric Boogaloo. Right. And right. I heard that uh, Electric Boogaloo has oh, been hijacked by the goddamn right wing. What? And, they, and they call themselves Boogs or Boogaloos. Acers? Yeah, I'm very unhappy about this because, you know. I, I, I'm offended. I'm really offended because Breakdance 2, movie. Electric Boogaloo was a great movie. I'm yeah. very offended by great all movie. of it. I don't know about great movies. Uh, well, it was a fun movie. It was fun to watch, yeah, you know. Yeah. More fun than watching a bunch of right wingers goddamn shoot people for no reason. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, all right. We're American. We're, we're Americans. My freedoms. My freedoms. Hey, we got one more song. My freedom before the and end no song. one else's. Okay, no more politics. Uh, back to politics. So <laughs> this song is by the great Billy Strayhorn. Um, Billy Strayhorn was such a fascinating human. You know, I mean, Duke Ellington uh, is, is much better known. Strayhorn wasn't such a, a performer per well, se. Yeah. He, he was very he was very timid, and Duke Ellington was not. Right. Yeah, but and, Ellington hired him, and he basically took a lot of. Right, and uh, a lot of people don't know that Take the A Train. <laughs> the A Train, yeah. Take the A Train was written by Bill Strayhorn. Yeah, because yes. He was one of the great, yeah. great, great yeah. songwriters, great composers. But uh, <laughs> but I still want to wax rhapsodic about Billy Strayhorn oh, because he was yeah. an amazing guy. I mean, his songs. You know, uh, Billy, uh, Duke Ellington was always looking for another sound for the, the orchestra, but with Billy Strayhorn's songs, I mean, it's not your typical big band jazz. Uh, also, I think Billy Strayhorn wrote the greatest song of all time, Lush Life. Lush oh, Life is a good song. song. I just wanted to say it recently. Yeah. We will talk. We will talk. Well, my wife and I have been taking these uh, audio tours of Harlem. When you say wife, you mean Sean? I mean, uh, Sean and I. <laughs> Sean and I, my new wife, because he'll never get married. He can't because of COVID. Oh! <laughs> but he will, eventually. Um, I have a weird cough. Should I leave? <laughs> you probably should. <laughs> Doing audio tours during COVID, because why not? You know, you got your phone, walk around Harlem, like know. learn about this What's going to win, COVID or the Super? <laughs> I don't know. I need to get help. Uh, architecture and history is going to win, I hope. Uh, culture. Anyway, <laughs> I've been fascinated with Harlem, fascinated by it, and I was thinking about Billy Strayhorn when we talked about places immediately. Word, word. So uh, this is one of the great songs. We talked about Lush Life. That is, that is a beautiful song. But Chelsea Bridge is, for my money, Absolutely. a really beautiful song, too. There's so many of these... Uh, these, these uh, anyway, the chorus, the harmony nice is fantastic. Let's hear it. Chelsea Bridge. Yeah. This is Duke Ellington and his orchestra. Yeah. Yeah.
Go Strayhorn. All right. The, it's, it's, yeah. So the place is actually in London. The Chelsea Bridge is oh, a bridge Chelsea over Bridge. the River Thames mm. in West London, nice. connecting Chelsea on the North Bank to Battersea. Or maybe mm-hmm. they say Battersea. I don't like know. That. On the South Bank. Right. But uh, mm. that is a very beautiful song uh, by one of Harlem's great really composers yeah. of all times. Uh, one of many Strayhorn. songs by uh, Billy Strayhorn, which, repre- which represent yeah. one of the biggest reasons Duke Ellington became the successful yeah. uh, musician. Yeah. He was in the latter part of the 20th century, right. the 40s, 50s, Absolutely. 60s. Absolutely. It is interesting. You know, people think like A-Train, they think... Ellington, no, Strayhorn wrote it. If you look at the, yeah. the fake book... Yeah, yeah. So well, again, I guess we said before, uh, Bailey Strayhorn, he didn't perform a lot publicly. No, but he does, there's sing, him singing. His Very little, yeah. And, Lush you know, Life. And, yeah. Lush Life that we talked about before, he, he performed yeah. it, of course, recorded it. Yeah. But I don't think he performed it mu- that much publicly as Duke Ellington. Dan, Duke Ellington was this was uh, flamboyant guy that loved to be on the stage. And Ellington was a super genius, but one of, his, one of the aspects of his genius, Charles, and I agree with you 100%, was not... Um, being worried about other geniuses around him, yeah. you know, not being uh, intimidated. Yeah. You know, Billy Strayhorn, you're a genius too. Great, we're going to contribute. Yeah. We're, we're going we're to contribute to the sound. According, according to Duke, yeah, uh, a mission. He, you know, well, according to Duke, they were talking about how to arrange one song over the phone, and uh, supposedly uh, uh, Strayhorn told Duke over the phone, "I think you can do it better than I could," <laughs> and then. Then Strayhorn would come up subsequently with his arrangement, and Duke would do his, and they would come up with almost the same thing. I, I love, love it. Yeah. That's interesting. I so, didn't know that. According to that's what Duke said in the, yeah. in the interview. So. There was somebody who said about Duke, you know, it's hard with a genius like that to know because he, he surrounded himself with so many geniuses where one genius begins and the other one leaves off, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I love that quote. Certainly yeah. <laughs> yeah. with Strayhorn and Elegant, you don't know because, you know, part of the magic was their collaboration mm. constantly and there's other a, creative people around them. Yeah. There, there's a recording. So <laughs> there's a recording session of um, when Frank Sinatra tried to record uh, Billy Strayhorn's Lush Life. And uh, long story short, um, Sinatra tried to record Lush Life's a little tricky, uh, the intro and the and subsequently. And they, they the, the, the recording session apparently is online. You can hear like two minutes oh, of it. And uh, ultimately they gave up and they planned to record it later on after that, but they ultimately didn't. It's amazing about what if Sinatra had completed the recording session, what would have happened to Strayhorn being more famous? Your conversation is boring. Whatever! <laughs> Strayhorn would have been more famous. Boring to Gene Pritzker. If Frank Sinatra had worked harder. All right, Listen, move on. This is our 10th show. Oh, Which yeah. means we're that, we, it. that we could all now... Now we can pro- really drink. No, we could produce meth. Produce meth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That sounds so easy, right? It's, it's so hard, actually. Deep I want to make meth. Blow up when you produce it's meth. actually dangerous. I know, yeah. I think we should anyway, produce should meth. Let's yeah. try whiskey first. Well, well, the money will help us. Our friend Muhammad. We're trying to make them out with Allie, her name is Allie. Allie, Allie Muhammad Ali is here. Only lazy people blow up. We'll be fine. She's going to dance and produce meth with us. Yeah. Oh, the profit margin is high. We want to end... With uh, so Sean and I, we grew up in Brooklyn in the eighties. Forget about it. Forget about it, motherfucker. And we listened to a lot of heavy metal. And one of our favorite metal bands was Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. It's a medieval torture device. Exactly, which I use frequently on people that I don't like. I hope you don't. (laughs) So we're gonna. So keeping with the places theme, one of our one of great. Uh, 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 metal songs by Iron Maiden is called 22 Acacia Avenue 22 Acacia Avenue which is Avenue. a place we don't know where the place is but we know, we know that 
but we Google know it. it's about hookers. And obviously, they're still there. Google it. They're still there because because it comes right out of Harlan and Charlotte, right? Charlotte yeah, and Harlan. Exactly. Charlotte and Harlan showed me the bed. Exactly. Yeah. And so, this, is, this is with the old immortal Bruce Dickinson singing. Yes. Yeah, yes. Bruce this Dickinson. Is, this is the, no, this the is, first song. Uh, was by Paul Diano. Oh, Paul Diano. This is actually from. Oh, from this is from Number of the Beast. Oh, this is get great. your shit. This, down, you gotta man. get your shit together. <laughs> That's right. Right. Charlotte and Harlan, the first singer. Yeah. Paul Diano sings. Yeah. And this is Bruce Dickinson singing. 22. Acacia Avenue. Robert Forge. Charles Coleman. Sean Satin. Seth Ballstead. Dean Prisker. Muhammad. Ali Muhammad. Mo! Mo! Our friend Ali, who came a little late, but hang out and is checking her email. She's selling properties. She's a pro. I'm good. I'm renting apartments. Renting apartments. Which? Text. I'm glad you're working in this time. That's amazing. Good for you. Sell some drugs. All right. Sell some drugs. Sell, sell drugs. I mean, we're going to do Acacia Avenue. See you next time. If you're here, you're the best. Peace. If you're feeling down, depressed, and lonely, I know a place where we can.